matter what you face, it's going to be it's going to be nothing compared to what God wants to do in you, through you, around you. Nothing that you face today. Amen. You're in the right place. You're in the right place at the right time. Amen. So I'm just real um, grateful to be here this morning. I'm stirred up. I'm excited for what God is doing here in our Victory Homes in Northern California, but also to our crusade that is taking place. Amen. God has been really moving, real powerful. And it's just the beginning. So you got to jump in. You got to join in. We'll be out, they'll be out the streets throughout the week. Jump in and see what God is going to do out there. Amen. But before you see it, I just want to say that I thank the Lord for my salvation, for saving me and for delivering me. You know, I had nothing, I had nothing to give. I had nothing to offer God. I had nothing. I just came with, you know, a bag to the home with some stolen clothes, a stolen jersey that we stole from the Santa Clara Fairgrounds. I came with a, a lightning, Tampa Lightning jersey because that's all they had. So I, I didn't even know who the Tampa Lightning Bay was, the hockey team. We just had a bunch of them. The neighbor had a bunch of them. They gave me a couple. And I, I went to the home and I thought it was, I thought, you know, I didn't have nothing. I was just like, this is all I am. And I gave it to Jesus. And I thank God for that because if it wasn't for his saving power, I don't, I don't think that, I know I would not be here today. If it wasn't for his saving power. And I thank the Lord for my salvation, for saving me, rescuing me from the life of sin and bondage. And then also too, I thank God for my beautiful wife that stands right there side, side by side. You know, side by side, you know, no matter what I do or where I go and she's right there, I, I could just depend on her. And that's why you that are single, wait upon the Lord. He's going to give you the right person that's going to be right by your side. So I thank the Lord for my wife. And then um, also my son, my older son is here this morning. I, we got up and I was like, what are you doing today? And he's like, oh, I was going to go over there to, to Hayward. And I'm like, were you going by yourself? He's like, yeah, I'm going to take my own car. I'm like, you know what? We'll jump in with you. <laughs> so I'm glad that he's here this morning. God saved him. God touched his life. Amen. Right there, right. I'm not, I'm not going to promote this, but I'm just going to say this so that he, he uh, spent one day in the home and he got delivered. Amen. <laughs> God did something in his life, and I see a change in his life, and I'm glad that he's here this morning amen and also i want to thank pastor ronnie pastor tim our victory home overseers amen come on let's give them a good hand this morning amen they they do what they do for you their dedication to this ministry is to see disciples raised up leaders raised up and god able to send them out throughout the world that's their vision and their dedication for this ministry and we thank god for both of them Amen. And then also, too, I want to thank, uh, we have a regional pastor, Pastor Anthony Sanchez is here with us. Amen. Victor Irish Fremont. I thank you, Pastor Anthony, for being here. Pastor Henry, all the ministers that made it out. Pastor Carlos from Stockton is with us. Amen. Thank you guys for coming out this morning. Amen. Amen. Let's say a word of prayer, and then you can go ahead and be seated. Lord, we thank you, God, for everything that you're doing today, God, and even what you're going to do throughout this day, God, and in these next few weeks, Lord. We, we give you honor right now, and we give you everything today, God. Help, 
move me aside, Lord, and you do what you want to do today. In the name of Jesus, everybody says amen. You can go ahead and be seated today. You know, I'm uh, grateful, like the way I mentioned that, what God was able to do, you know, through somebody that didn't have anything together. You know, I was a young person that didn't, didn't know I didn't have a future. I didn't have a real future. I didn't have, a, you know, a destiny. I didn't know, you know, what was going to happen. You know, all I know is I found myself as a, as a young drug addict, you know, age of, you know, 12, 13 years old, 14 years old. Um, you know, smoking crystal meth. You know, I got discipled by the streets, the uh, street people that discipled me at 14 years old, took me in, showed me how to use drugs, showed me how to do all that. But that led me to death. That led me to sin. That led me to hurt. That led me to pain. But then when Jesus set me free, saved me, and he brought me in to the house of God. And then when he brought me into the house of God, then men of God began to pull me in and disciple me. And see, now, when, I was, when I, you get pulled in and God you brings people in your life, he uses them to disciple you, to work with you, so that you could become everything that God wants you to become. And see, one of those great men that I want to mention before I go on was Pastor Ed Morales. He's one of those great men that when I came into the victory home at 18 years old, I didn't, I didn't have nothing going for me. I just came to a church service one day. And I saw this man with a ponytail. He was wearing a ponytail. And he was like, we're going to take the world. He was like screaming. He was like yelling in this theater. It was a Century 22 theater. He was yelling in there. And then, um, you know, I was sitting in the, in the back. And I had that Tampa Bay jersey on, like I mentioned. And, you know, he's like, anybody want to get saved and give your life to the Lord? And, you know, and then uh, it looked like he was looking right at me. And I was like... I kind of moved. I was like, is he looking at me? And I was there. My mom brought me to church, and I was like looking around. I'm like, is he talking to me? Who is he talking to? And I was like back and forth, back and forth, and I was like, is he looking at me? And then all of a sudden, I felt something. All of a sudden, I felt something. I felt something there, and I was like, what is that? And I'm like, he looks like he's looking at me, and he's asking me, do you want to get saved? And I started to feel something. I was like, whoa, whoa, what is that? And I, I just took off. I'm like, I got to get out of here. And see, I didn't realize that was the Holy Spirit that was, like, tugging at me and trying to touch my life. And then I didn't get saved there, but it wasn't until I came into the home and I said, you know what? I'm just going to give everything over to God because I can't do this alone. And then when I found myself there in the, in the victory home at 1215 Carl Street, I'll never forget the address. Never forget the address where God changed your life at. Never forget that address where God touched your life. And it was right there, 1215 Carl Street, the, the staff, you know, they bring you in. The director wasn't there. He was running errands. And then the staff, they, they're the ones that did the intake. And when I came in there, I was like, okay, you know what, I'm ready to do this. And, you know, I didn't know what was happening. And they said, okay, we're going we're gonna to check your stuff. But they not only check your bags, but we're going to pray for you. And we're going to lead you to the Lord. And they're like, have you ever been led to the Lord? I'm like, you know, I don't know. So like, okay, we're going to lead you to the Lord right now. And in the staff, they began to lead me to the Lord. And then all of a sudden, that same feeling came upon me. That same feeling that I saw that preacher preaching and yelling in the church. That same feeling came upon me again. And then all of a sudden, I began to break. 
All of a sudden, I began to, again, tears began to fall from my eyes, and I didn't know what was happening. You know, I was just there, and I just began to be broken, broken in the presence of God, and I did not realize it. And you know what was even, even funnier is that I think the staff started to trip out a little bit. They're the ones leading me to the Lord, and they just started looking at, like, wow, what's happening to them? And I was, I, 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 it even looked like they were like, what is going on? Like, and I was just like crying and like, I was like broken. And then uh, it, it looked like the staff, they were like, well, they looked at each other. They're like, something's happening to them. You know, now, now we talk about Holy Ghost Thursday. We talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We talk about how God is able to change you. But at that time, it felt like they, they were just like, whoa, man, something's happening to this guy. And all of a sudden, I broke right there, started to break, started to, God started to touch my life. And it was right there at that moment that I was like, man, I, this is where I need to be at. This is where I need to be. This is a place that I need to be because this is what God wants me. And I felt it. I know that you that are here this morning, you have felt that same touch and that same tug that has took place in your life as well. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand of praise for touching our lives. Amen. So this morning, what I want to, I just wanted just to share just a little bit of background of myself, but what I want to talk to you about here this morning is, is being tested. I want to talk to you about being tested when God tests your life. And I want us to turn to Genesis chapter 22. It's a familiar verse, a, a story, but I want to look at it and I want to point out a few things there. In Genesis chapter 2, give me an amen when you get there. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. We'll read a few verses there. It says, and this is in the mes message Bible. It says, after all this, God test Abraham. See, after all this... God test Abraham. And God said, Abraham, and he said, yes, answered Abraham, I'm listening. He said, take your dear son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I'll point out to you. So he's going to point out a mountain. And it says, Abraham got up early in the morning, and he, sat, he saddled his donkey he took, his two, he took two of his young servants and his son Isaac. He split the wood for the burnt offering. He set off for the place that God had directed him. And on the third day, he looked up and he saw the place in a distance. And Abraham told his two young servants, he said, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I are going there to worship. And then we will come back. Somebody say Amen. Then we will come back. See, this morning or this afternoon, what I want to speak to you about today is being tested by God. Now, when you see this scripture here and you look at the life of Abraham, you see here how he was a man of faith. How many could say amen? amen. Right? He was a man of faith. When you look at it, when you look at the story on, on Genesis 22, 
And you see how God had spoke to him and God told him, you know what, this is where I want you to go and this is what I want you to do. And what does he do? You see his reaction. His reaction is to say, okay, yes, Lord, whatever you want me to do, God, then that's what I'm going to do. So you see how his reaction was. He says yes to God. He goes, yes, I'm listening to you. Now tell me what you want me to do. He goes, I want you to set out so that you could go to the place and I'm going to show you a mountain. And when I show you this mountain, that's the place that I want you to go to. So he sets his way out, it says, and that he goes on, he sees the place where God wants him to be at. He, he points out this mountain. But when he points out this mountain, he begins to starts, to starts to make a climb on top of this mountain. Now, when you look at that, you see that, you see that he was a great man of faith. But I want to tell you something, that he wasn't always this man of faith. See, he wasn't always this great man of faith. When you read here in Genesis 22, you say, wow, this guy, he just said, I'm going to do what God said to do. I'm going to follow what God said. And he went on his way. But he, always, he wasn't always like that. See, when you look at Abraham's life, he was a man that made some mistakes. Somebody can say Hallelujah. He was a man that made some mistakes because when you look at it and you look at his background in Genesis 12, you see a story there that he makes a mistake. He finds himself, if we can put it like this, three-fiving it. <laughs> he, finds, he finds himself three-fiving it, leaning on his own understanding. In Genesis 12, the Lord tells him, go to the land of Canaan, I'm, I want you to set up shop right there, and I'm going to bless you. So he goes on to the land there, and what happens? It says a great famine hit. And then all of a sudden, what happened at that point? He starts to, he starts to figure out, like, God, you, you led me here. I couldn't imagine this. He led, you led me here, and now I, there's a famine that hit the land. Now you're going to test me. Now, now what's going on here? You told me to go here, and now I'm in the place you told me to go, but now a great famine hit where he felt he was going to die. So he finds a mistake right there. He makes a mistake. What happens, he goes, you know what? He takes it upon his own hands, and he says, you know what? I'm not going to die here in this land. So he goes on. He tries to, he, it says that he, he goes to Egypt to get fed. He goes to Egypt to get fed, finds himself there. All of a sudden, he, he, he's, in, he's in a whole bunch of trouble and a mess. And God begins to rescue him out of that mess. Another, another uh, mistake you see with Abraham, not only in Genesis 12, you see the mistake he made when God said you were going to bear a son, or his wife was going to bear a son. You see a second mistake that he makes because now he looks at it and says, this is impossible. I'm 75 years old. It's impossible for my wife. We already passed that stage of life. So he questions God. He finds himself making a mistake, right? He gets his, they get their maidservant. They try to expedite the promise of God. They try to counterfeit the promise of God. And he finds himself in a mistake. Now, how many people that are here today that you made some mistakes? How many people in this place here today that you made some mistakes? 
And see, look at that. You see what God did for Abraham there. Not only did he make a couple of mistakes there, and there was a few other mistakes that he made, but not only did he make these mistakes, but God was still able to get them out of those mistakes. He was able to still rescue them from those things. Now, how many know at this time that many of us, we come from a lot of different backgrounds? How many can say amen? You come from a different background and different things that you may have gone through. Maybe you've been a drug addict. Maybe you were a drug addict. And you're in mistakes. You're in problems and troubles and hardship and battles and hurt. But I'm here to let you know that is all behind you now. You are now free by God. You, Jesus has set you free from that. So now you see who Abraham is. He made some mistakes. He wasn't a great man of faith at that time. He made different mistakes. But then now you see his response now. And the verse starts off and it says, after all this, after all this, after everything that you went through to get to where you're at today, after all this, God decides to test him. See, after all this, after your drug addiction, after your alcohol problem, after everything that you went through, God brings you here today. And now he says, now after all this, after all this, he decides to test Abraham. After everything that he went through in the past, he says, now, after all this, I'm going to test you now. See, when I first got saved, when I said, I said the sinner's prayer, and I said, man, all my problems are behind me. Now, I'm in the victory home. And I'm not going to face anything here. All my troubles are behind me. <laughs> Everything's behind me. I said, now, I'm a Christian now. Now, I got no troubles no more. I got no hardships no more. And I started to go, and I was like, yes, hallelujah. Got my Bible, my scriptures, and I got in the van. I said, yes, Lord. Now I'm, gonna, now I'm not going to face anything. Have you been there? <laughs> but now after all this, but after all this, God decides to test him. Now I'm here to let you know that God is going to test you. You may be testing right now. You may be facing some time of testing right now. You may be going through it right now. You may be wondering, what am I doing here today? They just told me, get in the van, and we're going to head over here to Hayward, and you're going to hear a message, and then we're going to hit the streets, and this is what we're going to do. And you're saying, what is going on here? You may be, getting, you may be being tested right now. You may be in that place where God is testing your life. And he's testing you, and he's testing you right where you're there. And he's trying, he's testing you. Why the testing for? Why the time of testing? Because he wanted him to get 
to the mountain. He wanted him to get to the mountain. He said that, he goes, I'm going to point the mountain to you. Now, I don't know about you right now, but I'm going to let you know something. God has given you a mountain. God has given you a mountain. You may not see it right now, but he's given you a mountaintop. Now, I'm going to ask you a question here today. What are you willing? What are you willing to do to get to the top of that mountain? The testing to get to the top of that mountain. See, what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to say, God, here, I, I, I love this, but I love this, but I'm not going to let anything get in the way of who you are, God. I'm not going to let anything get in the way of my relationship with you, God. I'm going to give this thing over to you, God, because I want what you have for me. See, he tested it because he had a mountain for him. You may be in testing right now. You may not know exactly what God is doing, but I'm here to tell you he's got a mountain for you. And all you got to do is give some things up and say, God, I'm here. I want what you want for me. So he tests them. He went through a time of testing. See, the time of testing was he wanted him to get rid of the past. He had been tested before, but he made some mistakes. He had been tested before, but he made some mistakes. And when he brought him to this place of testing, he was going to have to overcome right then and there. And see, when he came to that place where God told him, he says, here is the mountain. He had to grab what he loved. He had to grab what he loved. And when he grabbed what he loved, he said, okay, you know what? God told me to come right here to this mountain, and I'm not going to let anything get in the way. I'm going to climb up this mountain because this is what God told me to go at. And he took the, what he loved, and he started to head up that mountain. See, what did the mountain represent? The mountain represented his miracle. The mountaintop represented his miracle. It represented the promise of God. It represented the calling of God. It, the, that destination represented the fullness of God. The blessing that was going to be right there on top of that mountain. But you know what happens at times is this. Is people stop instead of climbing. See, what kind of person are you going to be here this morning? See, what kind of person are you going to be? Are you going to say, I'm, going, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to climb this mountain. See, that mountain represents something here today. It represents the calling of God in your life. It represents who you're supposed to become. It represents your promise. It represents your children that you're going to get back. It represents your marriage that may be falling apart. But God is going to restore it on that mountaintop. See, it's on top of that mountain. You got to get there. You got to get to the top of that mountain. No matter what you got to do.
do. You got to start climbing. You got to start fighting. You got to start believing. And you got to get on top of that mountain. See, see, everybody wants the mountaintop experience. But nobody wants to pay the price to get there. See, we want it. How many can say amen, right? We want that. We want that mountaintop experience. We say, man, I want to be right there. I want to be on top. I want that mountaintop experience that I feel like I'm more than a conqueror right there. I see the hand of God. But who is willing to pay the price to get there? You know what's sad to say is that sometimes people settle halfway on top of that mountain. They start the journey. They come in. They're there for three months. They're there for six months. They even may even graduate. But they stop somewhere because it gets too hard. They get, it gets too hard to say, man, I don't know if I could climb any longer. I don't know if I could do this anymore. But I'm here to let you know something. If you feel like you're in that place right now, you got to just keep pushing. You got to keep fighting. You got to keep praying. You got to keep reading. You got to keep fasting. Because God is going to give you that push that you need to continue that mountaintop climb. See, everything you desire is on top of that mountain. Everything you desire is right there. But what are you willing to give up to get there? So are you willing to give up some old relationships? Oh, man, hallelujah. <laughs> are you willing to give up some old relationships? <laughs> Come on now, somebody, speak to me. Are you, ready to, are you ready to get rid of some of those old relationships? What are you willing to give up? What about that drug addiction that's holding on you? Can I tell you another story? <laughs> I'm going to tell you my plan. When I came to the home, you know what my plan was? I was on the six-month plan. Now, let me tell you about it. <laughs> I got court committed for six months. And then I spent about three days in the home, and I was like, you know what? I, I'd rather go to jail now. <laughs> That's what I said. I'm like, you know what? I, I, you know, I went to court because I was fighting the case. And then I said, you know what? I, I think I'd rather go to jail. I don't know if I could do that. That's too hard for me. I don't know if I could handle that. So I went into the courtroom. And the judge, I was like, you know, the lawyer was like, okay, they're going to just give you one do prison time. They'll give you one year in the county. And you'll get out. And I said, okay, yeah, I'm ready to do it. And then the, here comes the judge. The judge goes, Mr. Zamora, and we're like, yeah, and I was defeated. I was like, yeah, whatever, yep, I'm here, let's do it. And he's like, you're in that Victory Outreach program? I'm like, <laughs> he's like, are you in that Victory Outreach program? And I was like, yes. And he's like, why don't you stay there? <laughs> Stay there for, for 
another 30 days and then we'll see you back again. And I was like, I mean, that didn't come for this. And like, my lawyer, I'm going to tell you, I never forget him, Greg Alonzo, my lawyer in San Jose there. I never had to use him anymore. Thank God for that, right? It was, it's a criminal lawyer. So like, he, he, he's like, man, you see what happened? They're going to let you stay there. And he was like, wow, he was excited about it. He felt like he won. And he took off. You know, I saw the back of his jacket. He was like, boom, I'm out of here. He's like, yes. And then I was like kind of spinning a little bit. I was like, what the heck is going on? And they're like, you got to sign some papers over here. And I was, I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, what, back to the home? It's like, back to the home? I'm like, and they're like, yeah, because you got Mr. Zamora, come over here and sign these papers. We'll see you back in 30 days. Boom, boom, boom. You know how quick it is, right? And court's like, bam, bam. You don't even get to think. You're like, and I just took off. I was like, oh, God. I was like, oh, man. I'm like, what is it? My mom's like, aren't you happy? And I'm like, I was just, I was shocked. I was in shock. And then she took me, takes me there, drops me off. And I was like, they're like, what happened? I'm like, the court committee me here. They're like, yes, praise God. Yes, hallelujah. And hey, brother, don't forget to do your chore, too, before you go to bed. I was like. I was like, oh, hallelujah. I was like, use home, oh my, what is, what is this? <laughs> but see, I didn't see it at that time. That's where God wanted me at. That's the place that he put me at. He said, here, I'm going to put you here. But even everything you've gone through, even all the hurt and all the pain, and all everything that you struggled with, all your drug addiction, all your problems, all your hatred, all your anger, after everything you went through, I'm going to test you there. Oh. It was after all that, I said, okay, and I finally, I was like, all right, you know what, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do this thing. And it was after all that, he decides to test are you going to testing today? The testing is meant to shape you and to mold you. It may be painful at times. You may be uncomfortable at times. It's, it's the time of enlarging. When he tests somebody, he stretches them, he pulls them. He starts to do an inner work that no man could do. And it's right there in the time of testing that great men and great women get tested so that God is able to see what they're made out of. And when he sees what they're made out of, he starts to look at them and goes, let's see what they're made out of. See, it's in the time of testing. God begins to do something greater that no education can do, that no program can do, that nothing that anybody says can do. God does something. He does something there in that home. He brought you there. You got to stay there. Why? Because he's got a mountain for you. 
You got a mountain that you're going to have to climb. You got a mountain that you're going to have to fight for. You have a mountain that you're going to have to press through. You got a mountain for you. But what are you willing to give up to get there? It's time to let go of that old agenda. My six-month plan <laughs> landed on Cinco de Mayo weekend. <laughs> and I said, after, after I realized that, after the second or third court date, I was like, praise God. <laughs> I will be out for Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> I had it set. I was like, oh, praise God, I'll be out. For a single mile, and I was like, and you know how you try to come up with your own plan, right? You say, I'm not gonna use the hard drugs anymore. <laughs> that, that was my agenda. I was like, okay, you know what? As long as I don't smoke crystal meth, and I just smoke a little bit of weed here and there, and I drink on the weekend, and I go back to work on Monday. I'll go to church on Sunday. That was for sure. I said, yes, I'll join church on Sunday. And I said, on Monday, I'll go to work. So I started to draw my own agenda, and I said, okay, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I said, but as long as I don't use the hard drugs, I should be fine. But that was my agenda. And I had to give that agenda up. Why? Because there was something more that God had for me. There's something more that God has for you here today. But you've got to let go in order to climb that mountaintop. You've got to let some old things go. You've got to let the past go. You've got to let go of your old agenda, the plan B that you may have. Worldly music, you've got to cut it out. Attitude, you've got to have to change your attitude in order to make it up that mountaintop. See, to get to the next level that God wants you to be at and, he, and to reach your promise, you're going to have to let some of these things go. You got to let some of these things go. It's time to cut them off. How many can say amen? Thank you. It's time to cut some things off so that you can continue on. See, I'm going to tell you something. What happens when you don't cut things off? It becomes a weight on your life. If you don't allow change to happen, it becomes a weight to you. It becomes a weight to you. It's a weight upon you. See, when Abraham came up to that place where God had showed him, he said, bring, he's like, bring what you love. So in other words, give up what you love. And what he could have done is he could have, of course, carried it on his back, right? He could have said, you know what? No, there's no way I'm going to carry, I'm going to carry everything on my back because I don't want to let it go. And what happens is this, is why many times people don't make it to that mountaintop. It's because they carry things on them. 
They carry things on their back. They carry the weight. They carry the weight of sin on them. They carry the weight of drugs. They carry the weight of their own, their own plan. They carry their own agenda on top of their back. They carry these things on them because they don't want to change. They don't want to let things go. So they put it on them without realizing that it's become more heavier to walk. And see, this, you can get deceived very easily. You can put things on you, and then you're carrying it, and you're, you're carrying all these things, unforgiveness on your back, hatred on your back, pain on your back, suffering. You're carrying all these things with you, and you don't want to let them go. And what happens is it becomes a weight to you. It starts to bring you down without even realizing it. It becomes a stronghold, a bondage. It isn't, it isn't easily to break. Why? Because we could be deceived on holding on. We could very easily say, well, you know what? This, this thing, you, you, you could very easily make something that shouldn't be right. You can make it right. Something that's wrong, you know, you know what's wrong. But you say, but you know what? This is why. And this is how, and this is what I'm going to do, and this is how it's going to work. You can very easily justify it, and you can very easily put it where you can say, you know what, it's not wrong. This relationship is not wrong. My own plan is not wrong. All I want to do is after I graduate, I want to go home. I want to get a job. I want to take care of my family. I'm sorry, I can't go to that NorCal invasion. I got myself a new job. Oh. I can't do that no more, Pastor. I'm sorry, I can't go there no more. I got to pay my tithes. I want to be a tither in the church. <laughs> but I got to work every other Sunday. See, we can very easily compromise, compromise things and make them seem right. We can say, no, this is right. Believe me, this is such a good plan. But without realizing it, you've just been deceived. When they speak the vision, when they speak taking cities, when they speak about being missionary, going out, going to Panama, going to Guadalajara, going to South Africa, going to Europe. Don't compromise those things. He didn't bring you here. He didn't take you out of who you used to be so that you could be a regular person no more. He didn't bring you out of that drug addiction. He didn't save you from that prison cell. He didn't take you off that drug, off that pipe, off that bottle, so that you could go back to work. He's called you. He's got a mountaintop for you. It may be in South Africa. It may be in another city. It may be in another country. But don't compromise. He's called you to be a pastor. He's called you to be an evangelist. He's called you to the nations. Don't settle for second best. Don't settle for second best. 
when he's got the best for you. It's too bad at times where people, they, they, they settle somewhere. They're carrying this weight on them. They settle somewhere. And they say, well, how did he settle? Well, um, you know, so-and-so, yeah, he was, he preached a few months ago, and he was over here saying he was take the word, but uh, you could catch him right now at, at Popeye's. Washing dishes. <laughs> He's over there now. Now, don't get me wrong, though. You got to do what you got to do to climb up. Don't get me wrong. You got to pay a price for different things. But all I'm saying is this. Don't compromise the calling of God. Don't compromise that. See, these, are, these men here, they don't want to see. They want to see disciples and soldiers that are sold out for God. And I want to be able to tell them that, you know what, we got some soldiers here in Northern California that are ready, that are willing, and say, yes, right now, put me in the, shoot, shoot me out. I want to go. I heard about the East Coast. Oh, God, I want to go. Send me out there. I'm not going to be afraid of what anybody says. I'm not going to trip out of people say you're a holy roller. But I'm going to say, God, I'm willing. I want to go. See, those are the kinds of people we want to raise up. We want to see people that say yes to God. We want to see men and women that are going to say yes to God. Don't compromise. When he tests you, what are you going to do? When he tests you, are you going to allow him to change you? I can tell you, dur during the greatest testings that I, I ever gone through, God has changed me. Any greatest testing, God has changed my life. And I, would, I, and I try, you know, what? When, when I'm not in the time of testing, I'm like, man, I want to read. I'm doing all this. And, and it's like, and I learn. Don't get me wrong. Knowledge is good. You can learn. But it's something about when you go through testing. The no book, no it, nothing. It can't top what God does in a time of testing. So when he tests you, you got to look at it and say, God, you test me, but you're just seeing what I'm made out of. A time of testing is this. It's to see that if you will break, it's to see before he puts, if you look at testing, it's before they, they process or they put a product out. They got to test it first. See, time of testing is good. A time of testing is where we need to be at at times. Because the time of testing is a good thing. We need to be tested. But it's, this is a question that we got to ask ourselves. Is what am I going to do when I'm being tested? Am I going to stop? Am I going to give up? Am I going to quit? Or am I going to keep pushing forward? See, the climb to that mountain is not going to be easy. The climb to get to where God wants you to be at, it's not going to be an easy. 
It's, not, it's probably going to be the hardest thing that you've possibly ever done. Because it's an uphill climb. And when you're climbing uphill, many things are happening. God is doing many things. And I could imagine in Abraham, when he was on his way up that mountaintop, he could have had so many different doubts. He could have been questioning God. He could have been wondering, what am I doing? What is, what is this I'm doing? Why am I doing this for? He could have went to so many things as he was walking up. He was climbing, he's climbing, and he's climbing. And he could have been going through so many different things, wondering, questioning, even in his own mind, what am I doing? What am I doing? I don't understand. But he, but he just, he was climbing, he was climbing. And I'm sure at times it got hard for him. I'm sure at times he wanted to quit. I'm sure there was times where he said, you know what? This is too much, I can't do it. But he kept on going. And he kept on climbing. And he kept on going. And he kept on climbing. He kept on going. And he kept on going. And he kept on going. And he just kept on going. And he kept on going. And he just kept on going. He may not have understood, but he just kept going. He didn't know what was happening, but he just kept going. Well, he said, God pointed out, I'm going to keep going. I may not know what's happening. My family may not know what's happening, but I'm going to just keep on going. I know things are behind me. I know the enemy's trying to stop me, but I'm just going to keep on going. I know all these things are trying to chase me down, but I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on climbing. I'm going to keep on walking. I'm going to keep on fighting. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on pressing on. I'm going to keep on believing. I'm going to keep on witnessing. I'm going to keep on doing it. I'm going to keep on pressing forward. He just kept going. He kept going. He kept going. He didn't stop. He kept going. When it got hard, he kept going. When he went through trials, he kept going. When he kept, he just kept on going. He kept on going. Family was talking about him. He just kept on going. People are saying, what are you doing there? He just kept on going. They said, haven't you done enough there? You look changed. But he just kept on going. They said, he should have been six months in the victory home. Now it's been 22 years. I just kept on going. 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 The devil tried to throw attacks. You just got to keep on going. The enemy tries to lie to you. You got to keep on going. Even when people talk about you, they're not going to understand your commitment. They're going to say, why are you so committed for? You got to say, I just going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on going. See, don't you know the responsibilities that you got back at home? You got to just keep on going. You may not understand at times what God is doing, but you got to just keep on going. You may not understand. You say, man, it's a get in the van. Just, just get in the van and keep on going. They say we're going to be at the church till midnight and we got to get up at 4 o'clock to pray. You got to keep on going. Yes. 
I'm going to keep on going. They say you got to share a room with the new brother. Smells like alcohol. <laughs> Off the streets. Instead of going to trial, see, man, I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to love this brother. I'm going to love this person. I'm going to disciple this person. You just got to keep on going. Don't stop. Keep on going. Keep moving forward. Don't stop. 22 years, I came with nothing. I came with nothing, nothing, nothing. Just a drug addiction and a bunch of problems. God gave me a wife that I met in the church. We did it right. God gave me four sons. God gave me a business. God gave me a ministry. God gave me a mission. God gave me a calling. I just kept on going. Even friends in the world, when I first got saved, they looked like they were, they were going beyond me. I was like, man. And I had my humble little car. And I was like going to church. Me and my wife were going to church. <laughs> back living at mom's house and I was like man whoo testing I was like whoo and then they pull up in this night Escalades just came out he pulled up nice 22s or 20s on at the time 410s in the back and he's like hey man where you been at I heard you're in church and I'm like on my little car that's barely running and I was like yeah man I'm in church I'm like God God could save you God could deliver you and I think he looked at me and said, like, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I, I want that. Because he was looking at the worldly things. And I'm like, I don't think he knew. He was like, I don't know if I want. I'm like, living at mom's house, you know what I mean? <laughs> Back at mom's. But it wasn't for some time, and I just kept on going. I just kept on going. And I just kept on going. And I just kept on going. I just kept on going. Kept on going. And then I started to see years later. So I was saying, oh, man, where is he at? He's in prison. And I was like, oh, man. If I would have looked at the material things then, I would have said, wow, I probably would have stopped going. But then I realized that. I'm like, man, look at that. He was in prison. No more car. No, I was nothing. Lost his house. Lost things. And I heard about it. I was like, wow. But I just kept on going. And I just kept on going. And I kept on going. And I kept on going. God started to bless my life. I just kept on going. All of a sudden, God gave me things, and I just kept on going. I said, okay, I'm going to keep going. And I started seeing the blessing of God, and I said, okay, I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on pressing on. I'm going to keep on moving forward. I'm going to keep going. And God starts to bless your life. God starts to take care of you. God starts to give you things because you keep on going. And this morning, I want you to know something. Even if you're going through a time of testing, are you going to keep on going today? Are you going to keep on moving forward? If that's you, I want you to make your way to the altar right now. 